Welcome to the Immigrant Investor Show, the show where you will learn from immigrant investors, business owners, higher achievers, and thought leaders worldwide. Tips and strategies on how to invest your resources for maximum returns in whatever field you desire. Get ready for an exciting show today. I'm a full-time employee, investor, avid learner, willing teacher, and your humble host, Chinedun. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Immigrant Investor Show. I am your host, Chinedun, and here with me is Adriana. Uh, Adriana is a coach of many colors <laughs> she, she well you get to learn more about her shortly but uh, i'll let her introduce herself hey adriana how are you i'm doing good thank you for uh, having me on and i'm excited to um to share a little bit of my story and just you know have fun because it seems like your podcast is a lot of fun so i'm, I'm excited to i'm excited to be here Absolutely. Now, thanks for coming on. And yes, we do like to have fun here. Uh, I, I want to help as many immigrants as possible with by sharing other immigrant rock star stories. And you're one immigrant rock star that I came across, what, two years ago now? I think so. Yeah. Yes. I know. So it's great to finally uh, make this interview happen. And uh, hopefully uh, our audience can be of value to you and you can be of value to our audience as well. All right. So, first question. Yeah. Well, what are you up to today? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to today. Oh my gosh. So, right now, I'm so I'm in the coaching business. And I'm taking a little bit of a turn in a different manner. Um I'm a little bit of a disruptor. So, and and I like that just because I'm I'm challenging a lot of the what took me into personal development and personal growth. I'm also, I, I'm also now getting to challenge a lot of those, you know, those notions and thinking that many times it was very helpful, but at the same time, it kind of led me to rabbit holes that were unnecessary. So I am passionate about leadership and about the body and more or less the relationship that you have with your own body. It's not about looking good necessarily, right? It's it's it is about looking good, yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, like oh, <laughs> why <right>? not? <laughs> right, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's also about feeling good, right? Because you, this is what I've you know learned, you know, in my journey is you can look freaking amazing and you can feel miserable and feel miserable. So it's how you actually get to balance both, actually feel amazing. And actually look amazing, regardless of what, what that looks like, whatever that, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not necessarily about the shape, but also is about how you're carrying yourself in the world, how you're portraying yourself in the world, how you're, you know, how you're expressing yourself in general, in, you know, in re relationships, in your career and whatever you want to, you know, um, you know, whatever journey you're on. So that those are my two passions, just because what I've seen now and now, you know, People are disconnected from their bodies, and that carries a long-term effect. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, there are three categories that are very, very important: is health, um, career, probably career entrepreneurship, and then money, um, and relationships. There are kind of four. I, I lump the, the the ones in between together because many times people go into a career 
or entrepreneurship for money, but mainly health, money, and relationships are things that 90%, if not, you know, enough, everybody is thinking at one point of the day, you're thinking about any of those three things, either health, either relationships or money. Either how can I make more money? Where is the money going? Or the relationship, like what's what's happening, you know, and health. Like, how can I improve my health or what's going on? What's wrong with me? You know, how can I make it better? Either one of those three categories. And many times those, just as simple as those three categories can be, it could be really complex for an, an individual to navigate through. So I just immerse myself into, into that and just help as many entrepreneurs and people just to to move on, um, and people especially in transition after COVID, um, right? A lot mm. of people had their W two jobs and they wanted to do something else. Um, mm -hmm. They decided to say, "Hey, you know, I think I'm tired of doing what I'm doing. I don't think it's worth it. Life is too short." So a lot of people started transitioning in so many different ways. Uh, a lot of people got you know divorced. A lot of people got into relationships. A lot of people just got into two different dynamics. And at the same time, it's like, how am I going to navigate this? So, mm. yeah. Wow. Can you help explain a little bit more? What do you mean that we're disconnected from our bodies? Yeah. Oh, my how? God. So how are we disconnected from our bodies? So think about it many times. Um, you just keep going and going in autopilot, right? Mm, okay. Um, you don't even realizing whether your health is suffering or whether or not, you know, you have gone days without sleep or things of that nature. Mm. So we're disconnected from, and I'll, I'll give you an example too. Many times when people are disconnected from their bodies is, is the notion of, oh, I don't have time to deal with this right now. I don't want to have that emotion. I don't want to have that uncomfort. I don't want to face that right now. Mm -hmm. Because think about it this way. Anytime there's conflict and there's uncomfort, there's a sensation in our body. It's going to mm. make us feel, oh, I don't like it. Mm. It's going to make me feel like I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get off or mm. it could take us in a whole different on the other side of the spectrum. It's just going to get us depressed, sad, you know, and we just don't want to do anything. Mm. So many times the disconnection with our body happens because we need to continue functioning, right? We need to continue going. But if we are to connect to any of those sensations and actually kind of go through it, is going to lead us into actually having to think about it, actually having to feel about it and having to deal with that. So it's a lot easier to disconnect. So that's why a lot of people face burnt out. That was me, okay, right? Okay. You keep going, 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 going. And it's just doesn't matter. I need to make it, you know, it, 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 whatever, it, whatever it is, it just, you keep pushing through. So the deal with hustle and grinding is great, but if you and I'm pretty sure you met a lot of people that it gets to a point where it's like, I don't know what else to do. I'm just burned out. I, I, yeah. I got here and I don't like it anymore. Yeah. This is not what I expected. So that's when you start sitting back to your body. It's like, this doesn't feel good. Like, I don't even know why you did this. Mm -hmm. Right. Or this is what I what I've seen more and more. It's like I built all this wealth and now I just I don't even know why. Is, there's no point. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any direction. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that little thing is just connected back to your body. It's like having that self-awareness and say, Shit, like, what, what am I doing? Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. But we go in autopilot. So that's kind of the disconnection that we have because we think our minds is the one that are going to get us the result. But in reality, we need our body to get us there. And mm -hmm. we forget about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Wow. So, wow. Okay. Well, a lot of this actually hit me because (laughs) 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 I'm like, is Adriana in my house right now? What's going on? (laughs) So, so, man, earlier in 2022, I I felt uh, actually uh, summer, summer, fall of 2022, uh, I started feeling um, like... Like I was drifting, I felt like pointless. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Everything I did didn't work. I thought I wanted to get to X amount of units, X amount of uh, profit, and then I or X amount of income. And I mm-hmm. got there, and it's like, well, it's it's okay. And then mm-hmm. what? Like, what else? You know, what what else now? So I felt really lost. So saying that uh, we disconnect from our bodies, and I didn't even know that I was going through stress at the time. Mm-hmm. until I finally stopped and you're breathing and you're like, wait, I'm breathing. I'm actually breathing. Like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. You know, you feel, you actually like start crying for no reason sometimes. It's like, what's mm-hmm. going on with me? Is something <laughs> wrong with me? You know? <laughs> so, no. So, <laughs> I, feel, I feel almost ashamed like admitting this right now, but hey. No, but... <laughs> love it so actually i love that because this is exactly what we need to talk about uh-huh. and 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 i'm seeing these more and more with all kinds of people right i'm uh-huh. talking females male entrepreneurs you know whatever in your journey is like i want to normalize the experience uh-huh. to say it's okay to be in your body and, and feeling like shut out i don't i don't have it together or uh-huh. there's there are times when i need to you know crumble and cry and it's perfectly fine because that's actually it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of reset. Mm. Something has to change. You mm. need to change the pattern that you're going. You need mm. to interrupt and you need to disrupt. Mm. So it's how can we get to normalize that experience so mm-hmm. we can actually have that and move on from there and say, you know what? Okay, good. I, I achieved this. It's time to move on mm. rather than just dwell on it. Because many mm. times it's happened. People drift and in. In, or either you go into a depression or you move on into another goal. When you get there, it's going to be still empty. So how can you start actually getting into a path where whatever is it that you're going, it's going to be meaning, you know, meaningful when mm-hmm. you get there. And exactly. if you can continue moving on, because that's the whole idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that is, that is 100%, actually 1,000% uh, correct. And uh, you're right. I actually wrote a tiny episode uh, mm-hmm. saying that pain is a present for mm-hmm. us to be present because a lot of times we, we keep going on autopilot and we don't realize until we actually break something. And I was like, ouch, I actually have to feel this pain. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, okay. it forces us to be present. It forces us to, uh, well, address it. Sometimes healthy, sometimes unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy, we pop a pill and we keep going. Healthy, right. we actually address the source and then we find a way to reverse it or treat the source. And Mm -hmm. and then we actually come out better and we're able to proceed as even stronger humans, mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, So that's uh, that's awesome that you mentioned that. We can go down that rabbit hole because I love this stuff. Awesome, I love that. (laughs) But before we get there, uh, Mm -hmm. because this is the Immigrant Investor Show, what yeah. is your immigrant story up until this point? Where are you from? How did you even get here? Oh my gosh, uh, I love. So it, it is. It is inter- talking about transition and your relationship with you know everything in life, right? 
I, for a very long time, felt very ashamed mm. of being an immigrant. Um, mm. Very in terms of, I I tended to hide behind the scenes. Mm. Um, so my my story, I'm Colombian. Okay, okay, Colombia. okay. <laughs> so I'm Colombian. So my um what part of um, Colombia? Cali. Cali. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's where where the movement is from. Yes. I just interviewed a lady from Cali, Colombia. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. So we uh we've been here what more than almost 25 years. I came when I was I was 16. I'm the youngest of three. Nice. Um my family has had an inter- uh, interesting dynamic because my mom's like my mom's sisters, she was the only one that married a Colombian. Mm. Uh, all my aunts had, you know, had moved here. They've been here almost like 50, 60 years. Um had you know their children and all that so I, I kind of call it like my gringo side of the family and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. my Colombian side of the family right so I did not get to meet them until I came here so my mom was the only one that stayed there so we decided to leave you know we we came to back in you know yeah late late 90s and it was an interesting adjustment I I had also um, I was battling my own demons in terms of uh, let's put, let's put it like psychosocial uh, demons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a huge part of my my teenage years and my twenties, and mm. even part of my thirties as well. Um, so that was kind of part of the journey. The other the other portion was kind of integrating myself. I came from you know Cali, which is you know it's a big city, uh, warm. You know you walk, you go, you know everywhere. And I went to ride to Michigan, Lansing, mm. Michigan, a tiny, tiny, tiny little town mm-hmm. as Midwest as you can get. Mm-hmm. So it was very, for me, it was very difficult to adjust mm. for some reason. Uh, for my sisters, it was a lot easier for me, not so much. So I, I decided to do whatever it was, you know, best to do at that point, you know, go to the university, do that route, all that good stuff. Um, I had to work my ass off to, you know, pay my, you know, my education. Mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. not. I think I only had one student loan. I paid it off at like nice. two or three jobs. So talking about being disembodied, um, it was me, you know, I had to do what I had to do. I remember, so I, I, I used to work at a pizza place, the third shift that will go to an assistant living facility. Then I would go to the university maybe take a nap and then go back to the pizza place. Wow. So it, it was yes so it it was kind of a um a nightmare in that in the midst of that th- there was also the emotional roller coaster right mm-hmm. um just having to deal with you know why do i have to do this all that good stuff mm-hmm. um which now now that i look i had to do a lot of work mm-hmm. not only to not only to kind of to forgive myself but also give some grace to my parents because they did the best they could mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and now looking back, which is I think it was one of one of the conversations that we're having before is when I look back is like having that resilience at that point mm-hmm. is what now is getting me through to say, hey, it is possible. It might hurt a little bit in, mm-hmm. in a, you know, in a little bit of the uh, of the journey is going to be a little bit painful, 
but mm -hmm. it's going to be so freaking worth it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for me, that experience I map across, not only for me, but I also I'll bring it back to my clients and to the people that I work with is mm. let's, like you mentioned, let's lean on that pain. There is sad learning there. There's going to feel uncomfortable. There's going to take work, but at the end it's going to, you know, it's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. So because if I, for me, if I, I don't think if I would have gone through that journey, I wouldn't have appreciated, you know, the hard work that it takes to get what you want. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're, I mean, we can go, we can argue either way, right? But there's a disadvantage. When you're an immigrant, there's a disadvantage. <laughs> That's one of the questions. Let's go. Right? There's a disadvantage. <laughs> you're always going to be looking like you're, you're too dark. You, you, you know, you have too much of an accent. You don't have an accent. You uh -huh. look too uh -huh. or you're two from here you're two uh -huh. from here uh -huh. so it's like it doesn't matter you're not you're too enough. white you're not white enough you're too right, black exactly. you're not black enough uh, <laughs> yeah you've been here for 25 years but then you have an accent then that means you're not from here so uh -huh. where, where are you from yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. yeah no i i grew up here so i consider you know the states so it <laughs> it's still not dealing with that right like no this is home and like yeah. i'm not going by anywhere yeah 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 that's true <laughs> i don't know where home is <laughs> home is like yeah i don't know where you're sending me mom i'm i'm here i'm like yeah. i'm gonna stay so um yeah. so it, it it has i i continue that to say that for me that was one of the biggest things so there, for me, there are three ingredients in the, there are three ingredients, in, you know, for, for the human beings is safety, connection and belonging and mm -hmm. you know, a sense of identity or a sense that you, that you matter, that mm -hmm. of significance, right? Mm -hmm. And for me is um, connection and belonging had been one of the biggest ones, not in, not necessarily, not even safety, believe it or not, um, growing up in the 80s and 90s in Colombia was, you know, it was a little tough, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But not even that, it was not that, it was like the connection, the, the connection, the belonging that you can feel no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. So that also allowed me to say, you know what? There are a lot more people that feel like an outcast, like mm -hmm. an outcast, yeah. Yeah. right? So how can you embrace actually being an outsider mm -hmm. and not, and even if you are an outsider, which is not nothing bad, because for me, I kind of I I reframed the whole concept of being an outsider. Mm -hmm. It was like being an outsider actually gives me flexibility to go in and out anywhere I go. Yeah, any group, being part of here, being part of that, rather than me staying in the back, I can actually lean in and go in. You know, when I want to. Mm -hmm. So that also kind of allowed me to all those experiences allow me to 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 kind of re reframe and actually re-embrace what it means to be an immigrant it's like mm -hmm. you bring a lot of flavor yes Ugh. like <laughs> so it, it's now like actually being proud of and and not having to be mad or frustrated when people ask oh where are, where are you from i'm mm -hmm. like yeah i'm from colombia but i live here mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's like all that has taken you know took me a while mm -hmm. and at the same time i now want to pass it back to to the generations to come and say, hey, no matter where you come from, you make it. And mm -hmm. don't the, the other thing is that trying to Americanize is great if you want to adjust because that's why you want to adopt, but not because you have to. Yes. Not because you have to feel obligated to change something about who you are. If you yes. want to do it because you want to and you like it, do it. Yeah. But not as a way to change something, you know, the essence of who you are. 
Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so a friend of mine is visiting from Brazil now. He's from Nigeria, but he's visiting from Brazil. Uh, and he was asking me, he was like, do you have an American voice? I was like, no, I just talk. That is so funny. Like, I just talk. I don't know if I have an American voice. <laughs> That is so funny. But but uh, he, I, I understand what you're saying because he feels like he has to talk a certain way to talk to Americans. And I'm like, no, brother, I just be yourself, you mm -hmm. know? Now, there are some times your accents will naturally flow in and out. Like if you're talking with a fellow Colombian, of mm -hmm. course, it's a party. It's, it's yeah. different, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're in another different room with a lot of Americans, then it's slightly different. You, it's subconscious, but you don't know that it happens. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you're forced to make it happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So now, question. I know yeah. your immigrant story to this point, coming from Cali, Colombia. Did you ever speak English when you came? No. Oh, wow. No. Wow. So, How did that? Uh, tell you. So my sisters came um, when I think they were, they were 17, 18. So they mm -hmm. did the last two years of high school. I came to visit. I, I was, you know, my aunt, I was like, do you want to stay? I'm like, I was 12 about that time. I'm like, no, no, no. I just I want to go back. I want to finish. So they then they came. They went back to Colombia and then. I was the only one not because my mom already knew English. It was my mom and my dad and I. So mm. they try to, you know, teach me. You take, you know, classes, at, you know, in high school, which then you think, you know, this is the typical thing they would say in Colombia. It's like, yeah, you don't, you understand it, but you, you know, but you don't speak it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I, I thought. I'm like, hey, no, I'm good. I just, it's just a matter of just practicing and all that. When I came here, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm like, people started talking and it was, and it was, it was kind of frustrating because it was only my dad and I, and then the rest of them, they were just communicating and we're like, okay, uh, this is frustrating. So going to high school was a nightmare. I can tell you that. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes. The other thing is because I also didn't finish. I was, I came from a high school in Colombia where you have to wear uniforms every day. Yes, me so too. You don't have to pick up your clothes. So you just, you know, in the, there's no like putting makeup or your yes, hair or anything yes. like that. Just, you know, take a shower. Uh, and then, so for me, the concept of having to choose what I was going to wear. And I was, you know, I'm all, I have a hippish um soul right uh -huh, uh -huh. So, i mean i like my random things then and sometimes they don't match uh -huh. so it, it was for me getting acquainted and be you know receive was not not necessarily that didn't happen uh -huh. uh, and and so that also didn't allow me to kind of you know communicators to have a big social group yeah. so learning you know i did have a boyfriend an american uh -huh. boyfriend so that that helped me quite a bit um uh -huh. he was he was really nice because he corrected me so i took it as a an english accelerated class <laughs> <laughs> they said like, okay. we can do some things so yeah that's and then like, let's make it happen so 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 yeah so i ended up learning english late in my teens okay um and then and then just you know moving from there uh, but it, but it got to a point, you know, you get the conversation stuff going on mm -hmm. when you go to the university. It's a completely different story because then you have to write, you have to, uh, you know, not only the reading, but it's the writing part. Mm -hmm. um, you don't write like you speak. So it was like all these challenges. Um, and 
it, it was not until I got there that I said, oh yeah, you know, that what I, what I, what I knew, I don't think I knew it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I learned later in life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, uh, hopefully this doesn't make you feel bad, but I, uh, I've been learning Spanish and Portuguese, but lately Spanish. And I was like, okay, I've got it. You know, I've got it. And then I went to Costa Rica for one month and I was like, que paso? What? Que paso? No, What's, no, good? No, What's good? Everybody's talking too fast. <laughs> well, that's exactly what happened. It's like, <laughs> I, like I, I knew. I like, of course I know. Yeah. Then people started talking so fast. Like, yeah. uh, and then the other thing is that, you know, they teach you like, how are you? But then you get here, it's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? What's like, up? What are you doing? Like, what's up? I'm like, that's not what I learned. So <laughs> that's a variation of what I learned. <laughs> Like, no, <laughs> you have to say how are you, okay? If that I don't yes. understand it. <laughs> yeah, because then you you already got me lost in the conversation. Now I'm thinking like what? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's funny. No, you're serious. It's funny because yeah, when I was in Costa Rica, I was like, okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Habla más despacio, por favor. Más despacio. Like speak slowly, speak slowly, please, please, speak slowly. And then. uh you know, of course, you hear, uh, you know, someone said Ketal. I was like, what is Ketal? Ketal, uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 what? <laughs> like, I don't know Ketal. I don't know Ketal. Anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Yeah, it's like they, they switch. Yeah. So, yeah. It's oh. crazy how, like, the what you learn professionally doesn't really translate to conversation. You're correct. That's true. Not at all. So with all of this that you went through and navigating, adjusting and all that, what was that turning point in you where you went, huh, I can actually help people connect their body to their mm -hmm. mind? So one of my turning points, that's a great question. One of my turning points, well, I always had kind of a servant heart. Mm. Um and it was not until I got to that point where I got really burned out, right? And, you know, I did the corporate world great. And it was not until that point that I started like, this. there has to be something else. I've always been curious about the connection, not only of the, you know, mind and body, because it's only one, but it, it, for me, it's about the human potential. How can you actually go through greatness or you can go through your darkest points and how can people move on how can people you know move themselves out what kind of support do they have or you know or whether or not they could or not anyway i think it was my own personal journey not only as an immigrant but also from you know from from having this i will call like an emotional i mean i was was i diagnosed yes was I ever subscribed with my diagnosis? Not, not really. So it was me having that. It was like something that I always try to move on and get over and pass on. Having the, to discover the ability of the human in terms of the brain and body to move on through challenges, to be resilient, uh, to move, you know, past traumas, to all that. So it got me, it got, it was not the point when I got, it was not until the point that I got burnt out that I said, there has to be more. And I, I got really depressed. I got really, really, it was like, 
is it, it was that point where like you should you know I was feeling guilty about everything right you know you should be feeling grateful but at the same time I'm miserable I'm not happy and at the same time I'm burning the candles in both ends I was you know looking to do something else and that wasn't working out so it was there like I I don't think I'm by myself here right the other thing that I started discovering is I got to meet people that have already moved on and say, hey, yeah, I was there. This is what you need to do. Do it. And then you'll get where I am. And I said, well, I think I think the journey is a little bit more challenging, more difficult than that. Right. Because I, I, I know I know what I'm supposed to be doing, because if it's all about knowledge, I can go ahead and do that. But it's not about only knowledge. So. So that's what I started. Got like, OK, I, I want to help people make actually make it where they are not by telling them what to do mm-hmm. and follow it, but actually giving the tools to actually work through that, you know, that challenge, that mm-hmm. resistance, that, you know, that ickiness that people feel like, should I even be here? Should I mm. be continue to do that? Mm-hmm. So it was my own ickiness that said, you know what, there are tools that people need to get what they want. Okay. Um, it's not the knowledge by itself. You know, for knowledge, there is Google. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. So you can find if it were to be, you know, if it were only knowledge and think that people following directions, yes. But then there's the human component, the human element. Everybody's okay. different. Everyone brings their own story. Mm. Um, everybody brings their own challenges, their own situations. So based on when you are right now, how can you move on? So mm. it was my own personal journey to say, yeah, I got the tools. I know I got what you're saying, but it's not resonating with me. And it's not applicable to my, you know, my situation right now. So, so for me, it was like, how can I start helping those people with a variety of situations, backgrounds, whatever it is that they want to be to where they want to go. So now question, you mentioned tools a few times, uh, and I'm sure you have uh, probably a step-by-step of uh, how to get to, to mm-hmm. certain situations. Uh, would you mind giving us a brief or broad overview of some of those tools and some of those applications of those tools? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I'm um, all about mechanism, right? Okay. It's both the mechanism and the knowledge. So when the body, when for me, when the body doesn't work, when the mind is not getting you where you want to go, mm-hmm. you need to use the body okay. to actually create some movement. So, and I'm not talking about doing exercise apps and all that, but when there is, when you're stuck in a point in, in your mind, you have to use a mechanism, you know, a mechanism in your body to actually make you move, to actually, to actually start generating some movement. And that goes back all, you know, it, it all happens at the neurotransmitter level, all that good stuff. So I kind of started learning like, how is it that, what is it that is going to get us moving? What system actually is propelling us to actually making us move? Because I don't believe in procrastination. So okay. I'll give you one example. People talk a lot about procrastination and self-sabotage. I don't believe on that. Okay. Many times when you're talking about procrastination and self-sabotage, it's because there's a conflict in terms of what is it that you want to go? What mm. is it that you want to do? So okay. when there's a conflict in terms of those things that you want, the things that you're considering important in your life, then that's where you're going to find the resistance. I call, you know, it's not necessarily resistance, but it's, it's almost like that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking three steps and then I'm taking two steps, you know, backwards. Or I just don't want to, I, I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So it's that alignment in terms of what you want or what you're pursuing. Is it really what you're wanting at mm. the end of the day? Mm. Right. <clears throat> because I'll give you an example. People say, hey, I want money and I want X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. What is that going to give you anyway? Okay. And it sounds like a simple question. But if we don't anchor into something specific, then when you get to those, you know, one, 10, whatever million dollars you want, right? You're not going to anchor it to anything significant in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's not the money that we're pursuing. It's something that is going to make, it's something that is going to give us something in a specific. And that's mm-hmm. why many times I would challenge people X amount of dollars, X amount of units, especially with real estate investors, with a lot of people, it's like, this is just one thing. That's the, the, the externality. Mm-hmm. So what I do is like, how can you bring it and anchor it back to the person so it, they can actually start measuring whether or not that makes sense? Mm-hmm. The other thing is, there is a very, very, very thin line in terms of threshold, in terms of the goals, that goals, quote unquote, right, that you want to create for yourself. One of the things in personal development is like create your big, you know, your big dreams, so big, so, so big that is, you know, it's going to challenge you so much. Mm-hmm. Well, at the neurological level, if they're huge, they're out of the threshold for you, you already create that is impossible. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you're doing, you're actually, you know, it unconsciously, I'm never going to make it there. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of futile because you're working, working, working hard, but unconsciously you're already creating your mind that you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So it's like how to find that sweet spot between something that, yes, it will challenge you to move your, you know, your ass off towards mm-hmm. that goal. And also not so out of, you know, out of bounds that is, you know, unconsciously, you know, turning you off. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of that work is that calibration in terms of like, okay, let's, Let's look at what is it that you want to do and recalibrate and align it something internally that goes back to embodiment, go back to the body, right? Okay. It's like, yeah, if you're telling me you're going, 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 but you're out of, you know, it's going to get to a point that is going to catch up to you. So I do a lot. Of, I bring any, any external thing that they're pursuing, I bring it back to the person. Okay. So when they get there, it's already anchored. Okay. 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 So now <clears throat> I'm curious now about, let's say, uh, what does a typical, let's say a person comes up, actually listens to this podcast. and was like, Hey, I want to work with Adriana. What does a typical step-by-step look like? So they usually, so why we usually have a conversation, right? Okay. You know, that's the initial conversation. Um, and I see whether or not it's a right fit. Why? Okay. Because not many times people many times want to do the work, but they're not ready. Mm, so yeah. that's the other thing is like, that's the reality that we got to face. Could I, could I make a good buck out of the person? Yes. But is the person ready? And is it going to make any sense for them? Probably not. Okay. So I'm, I'm measuring the readiness of themselves. Like what have they done? What are they looking to do? What did they do that the end that it, it didn't work? What did they try already that it just it, it didn't work? Or what are they looking for? Okay. Right? Because there's a really, you know, fine distinction between somebody that already knows the problem and is looking for the solution and somebody that is not even aware of the problem. Yeah. So not right. So I can yeah. perceive whether or not like what's probably holding you back. But if if it's up to me to convince you or telling you that that's the problem, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, right. Because then I'm almost like you're paying me to tell you what the problem is and convince you that that's your problem. And it could mm-hmm. be something else. 
Yeah. Um, right. So, so it's more like a conversation and exchange. So that's how we start. And then from there is like, you know, in one, co- in one context, this is the other thing. When people are looking at change and transformation, they want to do everything and everything all the time at once. No. It doesn't work that well, right? Yes. So you're telling me you, you know, you want to, you know, shape shift your body. You're either going to want to gain weight, lose weight, doesn't matter, right? And at the same time, you want to, you know, meaningful relationship but and you're working on transitioning from, you know, in your job or your career and you want everything to work at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's probably not gonna work. <laughs> you sure? It's, what is it? So is that's like a, think about it. There's a hierarchy of needs, and I'm not talking uh-huh. about it. Maslow's hierarchy Maslow. of needs, okay. but just you know, just in general, right? Uh, food, water, safety, connection, you know, mm-hmm. meaningfulness, and then there is a hierarchy of priorities, okay. right? So you have your context, you have your health, you have your relationships, you have your career, you have, you know, your spirituality or, you know, a connection with a higher being, whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is it a priority for you? And what is the, the biggest pain point right now? What mm-hmm. is it, what is it that you think you want to create? And what is it that you think is holding you back? Mm-hmm. We also, I want to also want to measure that, right? Is it something yeah. within themselves or is it that they're thinking they're blaming it on somebody else in the environment? Mm-hmm. Right. So then we go from there and then we narrow it down and then expand from that, from that scope. Okay. Now, all contexts are related if you think about it, right? Somebody that is, that has health problems is just, it didn't say, Hey, I just want to get sick or I just want to have health problems. Mm -hmm. Obviously everything is interconnected. Mm -hmm. So what is it? The number one priority, what is going to create a little bit of movement in my client in order for them to gain trusting themselves to know that they can make it because that's the other thing is how can they have a quick win to say okay i think this is i think i can make it i think i can can do this okay Okay, let's try something else right because that's the other thing if you try to work everything at once you get the result or you get a little bit of a result but then you try to work on something else that is huge and you don't get it you get frustrated so then you also get to learn your body so the other thing is that I'll teach them the tools that they can take with them. So if they want to come and visit and, you know, have a conversation with me later on, great. But if not, I want to empower people to do the work on themselves. Mm -hmm. I want to get them to know their mind. I want to get them to know their body. Like, what is it that I need to do when I get frustrated? What is it that I need to do when I'm, I'm stuck and I don't know what else to do? Mm. right i that's that's what i do and i teach them a a lot of the tools in terms of that in terms of how can they actually start shifting their mind and their body together so when they're not with me they can actually get what they want okay okay nice 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 so now i'm going to dive a little deeper just because i'm curious now so for the time because this is uh, well by the time this actually airs, it's going to be after the holiday period. But around the holiday period is when people start to feel lonely, start to feel depressed and all that good stuff. What are some like actionable tools that you could say, okay, let's say Trinidad is depressed today. Um, how, what would you, what, what are some tools that you can give me today as a step-by-step that I can actually like, work on myself? Great. So, and it's, it's a great question because I, I, I'm working right now on, so we're putting a program to transition people through the holidays mm. to start, you know, to start the, so this is the, this is the, one of the tools is this, 
people wait until the beginning of the year to start something new. Mm. So whether, and this is regardless of whether or not you believe in a new year's resolution. Okay. And consciously, you know, that December 31st is, is the end of the year because that's how we've been conditioned. Mm-hmm. That's been conditioned for, you know, for centuries, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the year, especially if you're, you know, in the Western culture, you know, 31st is the end of the year. So the problem is that you get a group of people that, first of all, get really depressed post the holidays. So you mm-hmm. have no absolutely your dopamine just drops and you just don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. It just, you, there, there's nothing you can do. It's not that they're being laser or anything. It's just your dopamine, you know, all the things, you know, their, their markers are down, right? Mm-hmm. So that's number one mistake. So if you want to start something on at the beginning of the year, you get to start at least three or four weeks before that. Mm-hmm. And no, the three or four weeks before is not scientific. It's not scientifically based. For some people, it works way, way, way before, two weeks before. Mm-hmm. But the key is to start before your, you know, your before that change of the year, before that threshold. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. Now, I'm saying three to four weeks because that's what I found. That that's the sweet spot for people, right? Okay. Now, you can you get not to navigate not only stress of the holidays, but you also get to be in the midst of you know, whatever is happening, you you get to find yourself, be resourceful and find the resources, the internal resources you need mm. to navigate whatever challenge you're facing, either okay. if it's family, if it's relationship, if it's whatever it is, right? Okay. Or if it's financial, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Mm. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Thank you. So, so for those who are going into the holiday season or whatever, or those who are coming out of the holiday season, and let's say they want to start a goal in the summer of 2023. So they should probably start uh, maybe sometime in June, May, June, start putting things together and getting small wins and building mm-hmm. confidence before that day actually arrives. Right. Now, the other thing that is counterintuitive, but that's based on studies that have been done is you need to, you need to foresee the challenges that you're going to face and okay. also the failures. So okay. why? Because while you're prepping, you're prepping the unconscious mind. It's almost like, it's almost like you're prepping your procedural memory to, to know, okay, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be failures. And uh, it's almost like you're walking through those ahead of time. So when you get there, you're not surprised by them. You're not demotivated. And I'm that now I'm uh, kind of, adding kind of the psychosocial aspect of that and you can continue going so is when you're creating a goal more than just picturing the you know the the end goal which is what a lot of people do yes Uh you know by the end of xyz i'm gonna get x (laughs) or y or whatever that is is but in the spacing between that's what people don't plan for but if you kind of start facing okay i know i'm gonna face this challenge i could face this challenge and actually it's almost not prepping for the worst case scenario, but also knowing that along the way, there are points where you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Because as always, that's the way we learn, mm-hmm. right? So it's, and, and this is not because it's unspready, but it's when we fail at something, there is a chemicals in our brains that create a stamp and say, that's not the way we do it. It's mm-hmm. this way. So mm-hmm. that makes it, that makes a create a greater impact on your body and say, oh, okay. It's so almost like you're waking up. 
Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I know. And and you you can see with everybody's like, learn from your mistakes. It's not because it's unspread. It's just because it's creating those little stamps in your body. It's like, no, we don't do it this way. We do it this way. Mm-hmm. So that to say, if you plan that ahead, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you're planning to make a mistake, but you kind of unconsciously know I am going to fail at some point and it's going to be okay in order for me to move forward. Then when you get to the point of failure, it's a lot easier for you to move on rather than dwell on. Because that's what people do is dwell is I'm not made, you know, I'm not made for this. Yeah. So you're prepping your, your, you know, your brain and your, your procedural memory mm-hmm. to move on past the failure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That this is awesome. Actually, that's how I generally think now. I, I actually look, you know, this is weird. I look forward to failure because I know I'm on the path of something better. So, because uh, I know as the failures come, that's how I learn. I mean, most mm-hmm. people learn best from failures. So uh, I'm, have, I'm reshaping my relationship with failure. And this is awesome to mention at this point in time. So one last thing before we round up, what, how has your immigrant journey How's your immigrant uh, background help or hurt your journey so far? So let's start with the help. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, I think it has opened a lot of doors okay. in terms of people being curious. Um, human beings are naturally curious whether you know you like it or not. Yes. So. It has opened a lot of doors in terms of curiosity, like, okay, what is she about? What is she bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. Um, um, many times I'm perceived as of somebody that is more, I like to, because I like disruption, many times people perceive me in a different way. Mm-hmm. And then when when I when I present myself, you know, whether in whatever context is like, it's like that pattern interrupt. So I, I think considering myself to be an outsider mm-hmm. and not reframing that has allowed me to actually kind of shedding light into different areas mm-hmm. and different opportunities from a whole different aspect. Mm. Um, kind of being able to foresee, being able to be flexible and adaptable, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to, um, it's not that going with the flow, it's actually being being able to learn in the, in a way that is just, it's just a, malleable. Mm. Let's put it that way. Um, so I can relate to anybody. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. It's mm-hmm. it's me having it's a humbleness. Yes. That's also it's it's I think that's kind of what I bring to the table is it's humble because you never know who's gonna teach you something and it's yeah. gonna give you the biggest lesson. Yeah. Mm. And that's good because you've had to do it time and time again, just coming to the US. Uh, from Cali to Michigan to uh, you're in Atlanta now. Yeah, I'm in so, Atlanta. Yeah, so you've had to adjust multiple times, and you had to relearn, I guess, the humility to learn from anyone and everyone. You know, so th- this is this is absolutely awesome. And then, how how did it hurt? <laughs> I, I think it's sometimes it takes me back into in terms of what. It makes me wonder what opportunities would have been, you know, what what could have been different if I wouldn't been either if I would have stayed there or if mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been an immigrant. Mm-hmm. So it's, but in the midst of that wonder, in the midst in the midst of those in the, that questioning, it also allows me to see, okay, 
maybe it would have been different. It doesn't really matter right now. Mm -hmm. um, that may that that shows me that there's still options mm -hmm. because if I have come this far, actually, you know what? What I was thinking right before we started the podcast is mm -hmm. like now that I'm in my 40s, okay. right? Right now, I'm at a place that I dreamt to be when I was probably in my teens and my 20s. Mm -hmm. And okay. now it's like getting that retrospect is like, mm, now I get to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Adriana. So, well, we could go deep and deep and deep and deep and deep and deep, but I'd like to take a quick break to go for this part of the show that I call the Caliente Con. Are you ready? All right, bring it on. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm going to fire some quick questions. You know what I noticed? A lot of folks of Latin origin actually love the Caliente Corner. Uh -huh. <laughs> and probably because I've been, you know, learning Latin languages, that's how this came about. But uh, I'll fire some quick questions at you. You fire some quick answers at me and we could unpack it if we want to. Hey, and awesome. then we'll close out with one or two last questions and we're done. Cool? Awesome. Yes. All right. Favorite food? Pizza. Hawaiian. <laughs> pineapple. With extra pineapples. Pineapples on the pizza. Got it. Oh, you have started a war. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite book? Um, How Emotions Are Made. How Emotions Are Made. Nice. By who? Lisa Feldman Barrett. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Favorite vacation spot? Ooh, it has to be the beach. Which beach? Doesn't matter. As long as there's a beach, I'm down for it. Sand so, and sun. Give me that. Yeah, exactly. Sand <laughs> and sun. Sign me up. Awesome. <laughs> Favorite mentor idol. Favorite mentor idol. Um, oh, idol. Um, I'm gonna say there's um, she's not necessarily a idol. Uh, Mary Curry. She's okay. a yeah. She was a physicist. The physicist. Oh, the 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 discovered. She won a Nobel Prize, right? She did. Okay. She did. Okay. That's mm -hmm. it. All right. Cool. And then finally, favorite hobby. Oh, my favorite hobby, mountain biking. Mountain bike. Oh, okay. So that's the first. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. 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 So. uh last question is what right. is what is one common piece of advice that you have grown to realize that it's absolutely trash oh my gosh um i'm gonna say willpower okay and i'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for that but i don't care okay Oof. so should, there should is I, should i brace myself it's like <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So it's not necessarily willpower. What it what it is willpower. Okay. But how it's presented to people, how it's delivered to people, and how is guilt tripping people, how okay. it's utilized. So it's not everything. Is not not everything and anything is about willpower. Okay. Yes, there is. And even you know, neuroscientists go back and forth in terms of this, but it's how willpower is utilized, you know, in in at any given moment. 
Okay. So a lot of people can harness that and move on through things. And a lot of times it's not about willpower. It's just taking a reset. Mm. It's just saying, you know what? It's I. There's no way for me to continue to willpower this because my body cannot handle that anymore. Mm. So it's like, it's not everything about willpower. It's just how you harness it and how you actually manage it. And it can, that was kind of my biggest thing that led me to, and I've seen it more and more like willpower. You got it. You keep going, you keep mm-hmm. going until you burn to the ground, but you, you made it when mm-hmm. you made it, you burn to the ground. Then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, how do you find a sweet spot with willpower mm-hmm. and that not, it's not going to work for everybody. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Now, if someone has listened this far and they're like, we absolutely love Eliana and we want to work with her, how do they get in contact with you? So I'm in social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, and I also have my website too. So they can they can reach me through there. Um, and I can, it's wellness awe. So just wellness like wellness and awe, A-W-E.com. W- oh, mm-hmm. W-L-L-N-E-S-S-A-W-E.com? Yes. Okay. And on Facebook and Instagram is the same? Yep. No. And Facebook and Instagram is I am Adriana Giraldo. So it's my name, Adriana Giraldo. Um, so that's how can has the, the quickest and fastest way to reach me. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to share your knowledge and your expertise with the immigrant investor community. I am sure that there are a lot of people who can relate. Now, what's one final word for those people who are listening? Oh my gosh. For those people that are listening, for my immigrant peeps is, you're awesome. We're awesome. And there's so much richness and potential. Um, we're really, there's, there's so much richness and potential that we have and that we bring to the table. So at just be, be proud of who we are in terms of the, you know, all the goodness and, you know, doesn't matter what we bring. Um, I think that's what make, you know, makes us unique. Um, and the last is how can we bring more joy and excitement to our life? Um, it is it, how can we start actually living our life to a point where we're actually satisfied and happy. Mm. Um, and it sounds simple um, and maybe esoterical, but I think that's COVID has taught us that is um, yes, there is, there is a point where we're needing more, we're needing more excitement. Mm-hmm. We need to have more fun and we actually need to be, um embracing each other a little more cool 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 thank you so for that person who's listening and they're like okay what do i do now in the next 24 to 48 hours to get in the right direction what would you tell them i would say one of the things is take inventory and don't lie to yourself don't there's no point on cheating no point because nobody's nobody's gonna see that Mm -hmm. but take inventory of 10 things that are actually not working for you Mm. or the things that are quote unquote working for you but are not getting you where you want to go okay by contrasting those two lists you'll know where you need to change 
Okay. Well, you heard it from Adriana. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Good people. It's been fun hanging out with you today. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a comment or rating and a review. You know someone who needs this? Share it with them. You want to hear more? Smash that subscribe button and we will talk soon. Until next time, the world is your jungle. Go out and dominate.